Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. You have your two beautiful, handsome, smart, award-winning hosts. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it is a beautiful night for a podcast. And it's well, not it even was. 3 a.m. All right, let's <laughs> not get into it. <laughs> we, we're fine. Everybody is fine. Um, it's a beautiful night for a podcast and, um, it's, it's, we're, we're ahead of schedule and it's not, it's a normal time. I'm not yawning a lot. I don't think I'm going to yawn a lot. I'm very hydrated. My back does still hurt. Everybody sit up straight. Yep. Everyone sit up straight. Also, I had a little bit mini yawn. The second you said that you don't (laughs) have a yawn. I said yawn and it it threw you off. That's fine. It threw me off. That's allowed. Uh, Anyways. So let's what get into time. this is part two of the three part. Wait, wait, we have nope. news. Wait, we have yes, news. we have news. We have news. Before, Carmen, what have you done? Before we talk about the news, before we talk about the news. Oh, okay. Uh, if you haven't yet, uh, hit that like and subscribe button. Tell all your friends. Share this shit wherever you listen. It's fucking good. Uh, and uh, give us a five star review. Go and uh, follow us at Gray's Academy Pod on Instagram. Send us an email at Gray's, Gray's Academy Pod. Uh, at gmail.com uh, you will see that we recently changed our name to gray's academy the uh an official what, what do we what do we call ourselves now i don't remember Hold on, a gray's anatomy podcast a gray's, gray's anatomy podcast. colon a gray's anatomy podcast and the colon just to make is it just to, to it's not it's not an organ <laughs> it's uh, it i was gonna say it's uh it's our it's our take uh it's our like uh deep take on uh anatomy gray's anatomy and oh. it's a colon Yes, Carmen um, pointed out it might be easier for people to find us if they're searching for Grey's Anatomy specifically if we include it in the title. But other than that, it's the same yeah. show you know and love. Um, thank true. you to all of those who have taken the time to leave us a review and a rating and share us. We appreciate it. We see our new friends arriving in numbers and we uh, we love you. We love you from near and far. Who's and, uh, uh, Let me look at this real quick and see who the um, who the number two listener for the last seven days is because uh some it's of been these another, some, it's yeah it's been another fun fun um international friends yeah we're big fans of uh of our international listeners and it's it's always exciting to see uh, a new country pop up in the top 10 and today wow one two three number four pakistan did you shout see out. that yeah. shout out um wow and making uh making their first uh first top 10 appearances we've got uh france morocco and india thank you thank you we've for listening. only been to one of those places together so i feel like this is just going to become more places we need to travel to together yes yes um also, uh, my my heart dropped a little bit because uh, one of my ex coworkers uh, they had a baby doctor appointment today, and we were in Jessica and I were in Target, and I was like, "Hey, like, let me know how it goes." And she was nervous because she she felt like the baby hadn't been kicking a lot, and then I never heard back from her all day. And I texted her, and I was like, "Hey, is everything good?" And she just said uh, that there was a scary moment where she could only find my heartbeat and not the baby's, but everything is all good. Smiley face. Oh, so. Good. Yes. So, uh, shout out Gabby. Glad uh, the little baby's all good. But um, yeah, I always Kelsey. used to get so nervous before those appointments. Oh yeah, it's always yeah. it's always like such a sigh of relief when everything's okay. So, really feel you if you're if you're pregnant currently. Feel yes. You. Feel your stresses. Now you let's 
let's take the next two and a half minutes. And if you don't want to listen to some fun new stuff that Kelky's going to tell us about here uh, and announce, then uh, just skip skip to the next like two and a half, three minutes away from now. But Kelky, what what is the big news? What's the what's the fun thing happening outside of of uh, Gray's Academy? Well, Carmen called me the other day and he was like, I have to ask you a question. And I was like, oh, no. And he said, are there Grey's Anatomy spoilers in How to Get Away with Murder? And I, I said, was really nervous. No, it's Shondaland. It is Shondaland. It was, I think he made a wise choice to call me because we've discussed there are crossovers with Private Practice and Station 19. And he wanted to make sure he was safe. Um, uh, Scandal does crossovers with How to Get Away with Murder. So we are in the clear. But Carmen has started another Shonda show. How to get away with murder. And Carmen, what are your feelings? It, I like it. I'm a big fan. Um, it's so good. So, okay. Spoilers. If you have not watched How to Get Away with Murder and you are wanting to, there are going to be spoilers. So, again, skip this shit. Come back later. Um, like five, like two minutes from now. One minute he's, from now. He's only the first season in, but it's good. Yes. So, but that's important. So, <laughs> like, listen. Okay. So they, they, the Lila thing, when mm-hmm. they reveal that Frank strangled yeah. Lila, I yeah. literally, so they do it with a scene where Sam like has his hands on her neck and then he just walks away. Yep. And then it's just Frank killing this bitch. And yep. then, uh, before the end of the, the season, fucking Rebecca's dead too. Yep. what mm-hmm. um and then so i i did watch an episode today they just revealed that fucking paris geller killed rebecca you were right i know i made you I, predict i had it. a I feeling was like, he won't predict bonnie i so here's the thing well, sorry go ahead i i was able they were starting to paint her character and this is how i know i've been i i understand shauna's thinking they were painting bonnie as this person who wants to be a part of that inner mm-hmm. circle yeah. and prove that she should be there because it's always like, Hey Frank, do this. Hey Frank, do this. Right. And they're always talking in private. So she took her opportunity to be a part of this. I mean, she was fucking wrong, but well, yes, it's she murder. killed. Well, yeah, but it's how to get away with murder. So yeah. she kills Rebecca. But, uh, the thing that dawned on me today is Bonnie doesn't know that Frank killed Lila Correct. because Sam called Frank and said, you owe me. So, yeah, Anyways, it's it's crazy, but what were you going to say? I interrupted you. That's that's my hot take so far. That's where oh, I'm at, and I'm really loving the show. The time point when Bonnie does um, do that uh, is very close to when you find out about the Frank and Lila situation, so the automatic assumption is like, oh my God, Frank also did this. So um, it's another good... Yeah, I mean, that show is so full of twists, and I love the structure of like the flashbacks being told in conjunction with like what's currently happening. I really like that. Uh, I just, I think the cast in that show is phenomenal. Um, we are yeah, going really to not do like full podcast or anything, but we're going to delve, delve into some how to get away with murder content over on Patreon. Um, so if that's something you're list, you're interested in, definitely check that out again. It's not going to be as structured or detailed, like I'm not doing Shondaland on that or anything, but um, not yet. <laughs> but if that's something you're interested in, you can definitely go check that out. We haven't uh, recorded it yet, but it will be going up probably by the end of next week at the latest. Um, so yeah, well, something to look forward to. That's what we're next week is Thanksgiving, which is crazy. No, next, next is next week. Thanks. That's that can't be right. Next week is Thanksgiving. You're right. Also next week is my um, blue tape walkthrough on the house. So I get to blue tape. Hey-o. that motherfucker. 
And then the week after, two two weeks from tomorrow, we close. Wow. And a week from yesterday is our walkthrough. What a time. What a time to be alive. So we will be um, moving, so that'll be fun. I have to make sure I know where all the podcast equipment is. <laughs> yeah, true that. Um, but yeah, so let's, uh, let's jump into it. And uh, before we do, I have to take a quick sip of everyone's favorite uh, holiday drink, eggnog. Disgusting. I hate it so much. Ugh. Oh. Tastes like delicious, frothy, sweet nectar. I hate it. I cannot deal with I really hate it. Oh, that makes well, me want to vomit just looking at that. <laughs> I sent you a, a three-gallon jug of eggnog to your to new address. In the garbage. It's going to be sitting be on your front porch. By the time I, <laughs> actually, it's pretty cold out. It might be okay. It snowed today. I woke up to snow. No one knew. Just all of a sudden, it snowed. Crazy. Okay, Anyways. well... Now that we're nine minutes in, we can go ahead and start talking about Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah, we're done talking about how to get away with murder, and now it's how to record a Grey's Academy podcast. Woohoo! Okay. So, part two of our three-episode arc. Um, kind of wrapping up last episode, and then you think everything's going one way, and then it doesn't go that way. Yeah. So, that's fun. Um. This is the 16th episode of the third season. It is the 52nd episode overall, and it is called Drowning on Dry Land. And Drowning on Dry Land is a song by Tab. What's his name? Tab Benoit. I think is how I think. It. I think it's French. Yeah, it's um, for sure French. Or Benoit, uh, if you want to pronounce it the, uh, the English uh, non- uh, I mean, he, he he's a country artist. He's a blues artist, a French blues artist. That didn't occur to me until right now. Uh, anyways, um, drowning on dry land. So there's not a ton of stats for this song. It's not some. It's not a song that had um a, uh, any cl- critical acclaim. The album itself also had no critical acclaim. Uh, so this must have been one of those instances where uh, the the showrunners knew the name of the song and and either they i mean the internet is starting to pop up at this point now in 2007 we're in 2007 still right kelk yes yeah so maybe uh at this point they're able to search uh ask jeeves and say what's a song (laughs) that has drowning in the title uh throwback ask jeeves um but uh drowning on dryland was uh a part of a compilation album called the best of the bayou blues and was released in 2000. So uh, with that being said, a couple of lyrics from the song. Also, the song is not that great. I'm not a big fan of the blues. Um, he does use a uh, semi-hollow Telecaster in this, which I have a full, full uh, solid Telecaster, so I'm also a fan of his guitar. But um, some of the lyrics in the song, which I wasn't really quite able to decide where it was going with it, but the first verse is, I'm going down, my nose is in the sand. I'm going down, down, baby, my nose is in the sand. A cloud of dust just came over me, and I think I'm drowning on my or on dry land. And then it's a couple of verses around, my, my father told me, son, don't rush to be a man. Um, don't rush to be a man. I think I'm drowning on dry land. Uh, so I, I couldn't. Using context clues alone, it was something where I thought maybe it's a Thatcher Ellis situation, but it didn't make sense for the context. Although we did get Ellis an Ellis flashback in the recap. Um, nothing with with Thatcher. Um, but uh, I couldn't really make heads or tails of where this song was going in, in, re- in relation to the uh, 
uh, to the episode, but I think ultimately they just chose it because it made sense and something about yeah. drowning. But I think also if we're looking at the metaphor just of drowning on dry land, there's so many people who are on dry land drowning in their sorrow, their despair, their loved ones are dying. Alex with all the pictures and it's obviously consuming the entire hospital. So, but anyways, that is my recap for the song. Uh, go listen to it. If you're a fan of the blues or blues music and, uh, back to you, Kelsey. Thank you so much, Carmen. Um, this episode was also written by Shonda rhymes and directed by Rob Korn. It's corn. Uh, Lumps on the knob. It's got the juice. uh, Aired February. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm going to have to take a sip of eggnog to to repay you for that. Everything's fine. Um, It aired February 15th, 2007. um, 25.76 million views. And let us visit Netflix. Let us. For everyone's excellent, excellently written synopsis. Dooby dooby doo. The Netflix synopsis for this episode is Meredith's friends and fellow doctors work to save her life after her near drowning. Medium. Also, only the last like seven minutes. Yeah, seriously. What a weird anticlimactic part of that part of the show. Like, yeah. I mean, granted, there's still more, but uh, I don't know. Spoiler alert. This 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 episode had me a bit confused. We'll talk about it towards the end. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get we'll get to our feelings when when we get to our feelings. Okay. So the recap was essentially only about last week's episode. It was um about the fairy crash, um, Dr. Burke telling Derek uh that he and Christina were engaged, and Christina telling him not to do that. Alex finding the pregnant woman, George looking for that little boy and Izzy with the guy at the cars and Meredith getting knocked into the water. That was pretty much the recap. So it was really just a recap of the pre- the last episode. Not much else going on. There was, like I said, there was one like weird tiny flashback of just Ellis's face or something. Oh, um, probably because she's supposed to be having surgery. So she's in the right. hospital. But that it's like sense. they mention her for a second, but they don't show her in this episode. So that was a weird choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so this one starts, um, with Meredith in the water and it's like cutting to where we left everyone else at the last episode. So like, um, George looking for that kid, um, Izzy with the car guy, Alex running all around and there's the pregnant ladies. It's just like all, it's all over the place, but there's like the water kind of overlay on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's artsy. Um, Meredith is swimming. She's trying to stay up. She's swimming. Um, she is, she does start to struggle and ultimately she, she goes under the water. These shots are very cinematic in my opinion. All they cut to her drowning a couple times throughout the episode and they are very, very cinematic shots. Like yeah, just a lot, a whole production, a whole dramatic production. Uh, I want to just get this out of the way. Okay. Because for any of, any of you listeners out there, if you want to know the kind of person I am, I'm the kind of person that yelled at the TV during Mamma Mia 2 when uh, Lily James starts with a microphone and then all of a sudden sings without a microphone, okay? That's the kind of person that I am. 
the same person who looks at Hamilton as a play and doesn't ask any questions <laughs> at all. And loves it. And loves it. So uh, just try to keep up. They make it look like she fell in the water and all of a sudden was in the middle of the bay. Yeah. And also the timeline is questionable. Like, is she drowning for 40 minutes? Right. <laughs> but in, in real time in the hospital, it's gotta be hours, right? So she's drowning and she only falls inches below the water over the course of hours. <laughs> At least that's what we see. Um, so I have a little bit of uh, issue with that. I take some issue with that, but I will say the opening scene after I got over the initial question of does she not know how to swim? And then I understand they're doing a bit, right? They're doing a thing. This is, <laughs> they're doing this, a is bit. The, this is the story. Um, I don't know if it's a bit, but yes, a, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Um, it's not a comedic bit. It's a dramatic bit. Uh, but she says, there's so much more I have to say. So more, so much more, but I've disappeared. So dramatic. Which, and okay. That's, so I, I did go back and kind of skim through our episode from last week. Cause I, since yeah. it's like a related, um, God, this is so cloudy. Um, sorry. Is it with a chance of meatballs though? I wish. And then, um, so she does say that in the last episode, I feel like I'm disappearing or I feel like I'm going to disappear. So I was yeah. like, okay, so we have some carry through themes. So I, uh, and, and we had spoken last week about how at the very beginning of the episode where her and Izzy were talking, we were like, this is weird. Like this doesn't really fit the rest of the episode. I think it's because it fits with this episode, but because it was separate, um, for cliffhanger purposes, it, it didn't like, um, read as well. But when you yeah. look at it through that lens and you are actually looking for those moments in relation to this episode, it works better. I, I get that. I, I'm sure. Dramatic, I agree. Melodramatic, honestly. <laughs> I'm yes. I'm sure that these three episodes will arc together and it'll make sense. I, especially after watching this first season of how I get, how to get away with murder. Kelki, I don't, I've never actually said this before, but I'm going to truly, I, I understand now why Shonda is Hollywood royalty. She yes. writes a kick-ass fucking TV show. This is yeah. good shit. And how to get away with murder was in I think it came out in the in the mid 2010s, right? Like 2012 yeah, because or 13. It was 13. still happening like in 2019, I think it maybe when it 2018 or 19 is when it ended. So, you got to think Shonda has been in and I don't know the exact timeline of when these shows released, but at this point, Grace had been around since 2006. So she's used a minimum 6 good years of fucking wild solid ideas and then she goes in and writes how to get away with murder she writes a great show the thing that i'm concerned about still and i'm and i'm again going to hold off on judgment until we see the third episode is i just don't i couldn't just follow along with the um the theming of this episode it's just it still doesn't make sense why all of a sudden they're so upset and why everyone's just kind of in this weird mood so I, I'll, I'll again reserve judgment until the next episode, but it was just weird. But I see what you're saying. In this arc of an episode, it makes sense, and there's a lot of callbacks. But I need, I need, I need to see what the third one holds. Yes, agreed, agreed. Shonda is great, and also I think it's interesting to go um, with drama from medical drama to um, legal drama because that's in a way what Scandal is as well. Because Scandal came, so it goes: Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. 
Station 19 in order that they were created and released, I believe. And Scandal is similar to How to Get Away with Murder in that it's a lot of like legal, but it's more political leaning because um, she's like a fixer in D.C. So and I think to me, like those are such iconic types of dramas that are on. Right. We have like a medical drama and a legal drama. And like, those are big ones. And you have to have like a lot of knowledge of these, like how to write those kinds of things. And I just think she does a great job on all of them. Yeah. A true genius. I, I also, uh, every time I watch, I want to watch more courtroom dramas, like with suits Mm -hmm. and how to get it with with murder. I need to watch more. If you've got recommendations out there, everyone let's, let's let us get a, give us the recommendations for more legal dramas. She-Hulk isn't the answer, by the way. Good show, um, but uh, not a legal drama. Yes. Well, they and they also said they didn't know how to write a courtroom scene. <laughs> right. Writers were like, we don't know how to write courtroom scenes. But they were too far in at that point. My mom the other day was like, did you ever watch Suits? And I go, no, I did not watch Suits. But if you want to talk about them with Garmin, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> Our next podcast should be me doing what you do for Grey's, but I do it with suits and you live react to it. But I don't want to watch that show. You would like it a lot. <laughs> do you know what I actually started watching is Madam Secretary and it's quite good. I have no idea what that is. And Netflix kept telling me to watch it. So I finally clicked on it and it's quite good. Anyways. Right. Okay. Grey's Anatomy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm rewatching. All right, one last, one last shameless plug. I'm rewatching Ted Lasso. Okay. Let's continue. Oh my God. I love Ted Lasso. Okay. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis, come on our podcast. Please. <laughs> you and Shonda in the same room would be fun with us. Oh That'd God. be hilarious. What brilliance. Brilliant people. Such talent. Okay. But Jason Sudeikis has to be in character as Ted Lasso. Okay. I'm done. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, so Christina is at the hospital, still looking for Meredith, ask the nurse if they've seen Meredith, and they're like, no. And so she goes down to the ER. Um, George tells Dr. Bailey's patient that he found her son and that he's fine. Liar! Right off the bat. This is a lie. Oh, yeah. Um, He paused too long. He paused too long. You know he's lying. Well, also at the end of last episode, he comes in and Bailey's like, looks at him and he shakes his head no. So we know he hasn't found him. Um... And then, uh, so, but Bailey kind of goes after him and she's like, what, what are you going to do when she wakes up from surgery and her son is not there to greet her? And he's like, if I, if the lie I told helps save her life, then I'm fine with that. I don't care. And I'm like, honestly, I, I see where he's coming from. Um, it's wrong she was to freaking lie. out. She was freaking but, out yeah. before she went. And, you know, all that happened. So. Do you remember that girl that was, like, obsessed with her boyfriend, but really she was a stalker and, like, refused to have surgery because he wasn't there? And then yeah. she died. Yeah. Like, we're trying to avoid that, right? We don't want that yeah. again. That's not, that's not what anybody wants. Um, so um, Addison and Richard are talking about the pregnant Jane Doe. Alex comes in and is, like, asking like trying to figure out how to get the families more information and dr weber's like figure it out i'm like that's not you just there should be a protocol but it's fine um and then even if there is no protocol why is a first year resident doing that or a second year maybe no we're still first year interns yeah yeah first year intern yeah Yeah, first year intern not first year resident why because bailey's a resident yeah yeah uh, why? Yeah, that makes no sense. I still am so annoyed that Sydney isn't doing shit. 
She's it's like, just, ah, chief resident, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to sit on my fucking thumb. Do something. <laughs> Do your job. There's no reason. Al- and then you, later on, you just offer Alex a hug. Fucking do some shit, Sydney. <laughs> Tell me how you feel. I don't like her anymore. I used to like Sydney a lot. I was excited yeah, you, to see like, her. Literally last episode, you were like, yay, it's Sydney. <laughs> I was. I mean, she's no Olivia, but you know, fuck. You did say that exact same thing. I also, like, they're both just fine. They're Neither of them are Addison. Neither of them are Izzy. But they're both Sydney and Olivia. Speaking of Addison, this is when she says, like, oh, it makes you wonder if anyone would even notice if I disappeared. And then she leaves. So um, dramatic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Addison, you are beloved. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves you. Um, Izzy's patient is still seizing so that's not good and all the guys um that are with her are freaking out about it um she tells them that she's like i don't know what else to do i'm out of practice i've only been like on the sideline watching for months like and they're like you you've got to do something like he's dying please don't give up like he can fight you have to fight for him um and so she asks for a phone and they all hand the really old flip phones because <laughs> I made a note of that. <laughs> when did the oh. iPhone start? Like 2008? When was I don't remember when iPhone started. I think I think it was earlier. I think it was 2006 or seven. Let me, let no. me pull this up real quick. No. We're on the fucking 14 right now. I'm sitting with an iPhone in my hand, but I have no idea. I didn't get an iPhone until like senior year of college, I think. 2007 june 2007 the okay, so iphone hasn't come out yet no it's not this is february 2007 oh shit you're right Gray's predates the iphones wow june 29th 2007 first released wild and our lives is, were never the same it's true but when did the ipod first get released well that was out that's we've had ipods in the episode before like remember oh when that's right because Christina they were running with her jogging and they have the ipods you don't jog <laughs> you don't have ipods okay so uh they had the phone Ugh, paramedics um uh are bringing over that man that meredith was working on the businessman who had to get to his meeting uh over to the <laughs> like to move him to a hospital i assume and derek's like who who is working on him like because Mer- he's got meredith's jacket on um and she's he's kind of putting it together like hmm, that doesn't seem right um so he sees that creepy little girl standing over in the the corner or wherever it is she's standing still being just being creepy um and goes over and and he's like hey is meredith okay and she like just like shakes her head no, and then it cuts to her drowning, and then we get the title card at seven and a half minutes. The drama. I am not gonna sit here and act like I know the inner workings of a child's brain. <laughs> there are any. <laughs> As someone this with girl, a child, they don't work. <laughs> but this <laughs> this little girl is straight up taking lessons from the girl from the well in the ring okay she's in her defense she obviously very traumatic trauma (laughs) yes i get that i guess i have a hard time understanding not childhood trauma because i I get childhood trauma (laughs) you lived Um, it i uh, but i'm healed it's okay um (laughs) but 
I guess for me, when I see trauma like that, I see the hysterical side of it. I don't see the the total shutdown. Yeah. So it's it an is. interesting take on this particular. Hey, you said no yawning. I'm just stretching my jaw. <laughs> and your spine. And your posture is so good right now. I am. Well, I'm doing my stretches in the chair. <laughs> I'm doing my shoulder blade stretches. Next on uh, Patreon, we're going to go ahead and give you guys some stretching I'll, tips for your back. I'll go over the stretches that my physical therapist told me to do so that my back doesn't hurt. Post Spoiler the video to our my Instagram. Back still hurts. Um, okay, so yes, she's definitely in shutdown mode um, for the trauma, which is understandable, but it is also annoying and creepy. Um, so uh, they're in the clinic and like all these people are still waiting to hear about the victims of the crash. They're like super annoyed still, super frustrated. Um, no one has any idea what's going on, really. I can't imagine being in that scenario. But it, again, it goes back to like, how do you not have some kind of procedure in place for a mass casualty event. Like you're literally a hospital and they say about a hundred times they're a level one trauma center. So like when there is trauma, they go to that hospital because they know they're equipped for it. That's a great point that I didn't think of. Great shout out. Shonda, you're better than that. (laughs) So, well, apparently Richard isn't though. No. Well, she wrote him like that. Well, that's she wrote these characters flawed. Yes. Correct. This hospital is flawed. Richard was like, I don't need to make this plan because I'm going to retire. Yeah. You know who else I'll is flawed? I'll let my interns deal with it. You know who else is flawed? Annalise Keating and her entire law practice team. I disagree. Flawless people. Not a wrongdoer in the bunch. Um, okay. So, I just have so many thoughts on that. I'm oh, like, we'll, this isn't, we'll this isn't the timer place. This isn't the timer place. <laughs> um... So George is still looking for the little boy. He asks some kid in the clinic if his name is Chris. It's not. Um, Sydney is there. She's telling Alex she can help or give him a hug if he needs a minute. And um, that's when he sees the Polaroid and grabs it and and has uh, a, an idea finally. Um, and so then. Uh, sorry, my grandmother's trying to talk to me. <laughs> I'm busy. Hi, Grandma. Shout out. Listen to our podcast. Um, Izzy calls the chief for help. So he's in the he's watching the surgery on the Jane Doe in the gallery. And his phone rings and he answers and it's Izzy calling from the scene. And she's like freaking out. She's like, this is what's happening. Like, what the fuck do I do? And he's like, first of all, you need to be calm. And she's like, I cannot do that. And he's like, second of all when are you going to get here? And she's like, you're not listening. He's trapped between multiple cars. There is no going anywhere. We're all just miserable. Um, so then he, she gives him the details of what's going on. And he's like, okay, you're going to have to do burr holes. And she's like, come again. Now, did you know what burr hole, her head, did you know what burr holes were before he said, no, no. I was about to Google it, and then it was explained milliseconds later. Yes. Um, so I did not know. So, yeah, she has to drill holes in this man's head whilst he is trapped between two cars with one of his friend's drills from their truck. So safe. Just before before we move on to the next uh, piece of this, this uh, analysis here, number one, I like that Mark is going to help out. Mark actually mm-hmm. has a pretty decent episode this episode. Agreed. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go on record at saying good guy Mark. Uh, 
the thing that I don't like about this particular dialogue exchange with Izzy and Weber is Izzy's like, tell me what to do right after she said, I'm not going to listen to the first thing you said, but tell me what else to do. <laughs> like he said, thing number one is be calm. She's like, I can't be calm. Just tell me what to do. And Weber's like, I literally just did. I, I just fucking did. I would have hung up. I said, let the guy die. And it's on your fault now. Oh, all right. <laughs> Maybe he cut his, his maybe cut his Elvad wire. Click. <laughs> See Hang how on. you feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that 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 I just had frustrations with that because obviously is Catherine Heigl acts the scene really well because you're you're just kind of now understanding she hasn't been practicing medicine. Yeah. And you don't really think about that until all of a sudden she's like, I just don't know what I'm doing. I'm I don't it's muscle memory, right? You have to be constantly doing, it's not riding a bike. So yeah, just an interesting scene, but I was a little bit annoyed that she told Weber to do. And he's like, okay, this is what you do. And she's like, well, that, that part is impossible. What else do I do? (laughs) I will not, I will absolutely not be calm, but please tell me what I can do whilst freaking out. Yeah. What's plan B? Cause plan (laughs) A sucks. Uh, I also like that. He says, I'm going to have to go find a book. And she's like, you need a book? And he's like, yeah, bitch, I'm not a neurosurgeon. Yeah. Um, and that's when. And you can't just Google Mark it. Shows I up. can't just Google this <laughs> it's book. True. Uh, that's when Mark shows up and it's like, hey, what's up? And uh, he's like, just oh, like he that. Help. Hi. Hi, guys. What's, what's up? up? I'm Mark. What's up, Chief? What's up? Um, so, yeah, he's like, I've done it before so he can help. Um, Izzy tells the guy she needs a drill and that's when the one guy goes like oh I can get one out of my car and he's she's like cool because I'm gonna use it to drill in holes in your friend's head so that's what a moment George is still looking for the kid um, he's in the ER super packed obviously he goes to Christina to ask if she's seen a kid and she is obsessive about finding Meredith like basically ignoring him honestly kind of frustrating because obviously George is trying to accomplish something important right now and she needs to move on with her life. And I, and I know I'm, you know, Christina's my, my number one, but, uh, not, not the best moment. She's just being obsessive about it. Yeah. Um, Alex has taken pictures of everyone in surgery and everyone in the ICU and he's hanging them up in the clinic. This is a really smart idea. Um, and he's hanging them up for people to ID them, but then the people who don't see the their loved ones are like, did you miss, are there people you miss? And he's like, um, well, you know, maybe they just like wandered away from the site cause they're in shock or maybe they're, they're somewhere else, but all this stuff. And they're like, just say they're dead. And he's like, Jesus Christ. Okay. They might be dead. All right. We're doing the best we can these, do. These people are animals. Where is security? I gotta say security at a hospital feels like a job you probably do if you've retired from something else and you're probably not really ready to hold back the people who are freaking out because (laughs) their spouses might be dead. Yeah, that's fair. Security at a hospital is like where you go to practice retiring to go work at Disney. It's like, it's basically (laughs) the same thing. Yeah. Um, so a mall cop. Again, excellent effort by Alex. Excellent idea. Um, but then he's approached by that guy who's like, oh, my wife is was on the boat and she's pregnant. And he's like, oh, my God, I know where a pregnant lady is. Um, I got one of those in stock. Yeah. Um, 
back at the but scene. She is, but she is crushed. She is, is flat no as a pancake. She is. <laughs> Her face is not a face. Yeah. Um, so then back at the scene, Derek is still with that kid. And he's like, I need you to tell me where Meredith is. And so she takes her over to where they were working on that guy. And then he's like, excellent. Use your fucking words, please, for the love of all that is good in the world. Use words and tell me where Meredith is. And then she um, just points out to the water and it's creepy. Also, at one point in that scene, the kid gets weirdly far ahead of Derek. Like she turns the corner and Derek is just like miles. Good, yeah, totally in her dust. Uh, so she's for sure a dead ghost person. Um, so she, she points the water and then it cuts to Meredith just falling further down in the water. Now I do think it's important to remember part of the reason that I think it is believable that maybe Meredith would drown is because it is cold. They all have these huge coats on, um, hypothermic shock is a thing that is real. And I feel like they do. I did notice because I was specifically looking for this when watching at the very beginning when she's swimming and actually above water, her teeth are chattering, right? Like her, she's doing the like uh, thing. So I was like, okay, so we are meant to believe she is also very cold, which could have a large impact. Even if you can swim, that would affect your ability to stay afloat. But I do still side with you on the why are we all of a sudden so far out? (laughs) The thing that's also confusing is they established that there's kind of like this lower peer level, which is where Alex found that woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. And also as someone who lives near a large body of water in Lake Michigan, they have those lower peer areas. So people don't just fall off. They have like the, the, the regular level. And then there's like those lower kind of dock, uh, areas where you would see the pylons right Mm -hmm. and it just to me even in the chicago river every like certain number of uh yards there's ladders right i mean and that's like derek walks up a full flight of stairs with her (laughs) right i just it it it, it was inconsistent to me at that point it makes me think that she was because you see a little bit she's trying to drown at that point she just says okay all right this is this is my life now take me away jesus um (laughs) jesus take the wheel jesus take the The flippers the flippers the captain's wheel um uh anyways yeah it it was just weird to me because the more and more i thought about it i was like it just doesn't make sense she would have fallen and landed on that the biggest part to me is the timeline of it i'm like how long has she been drowning? I understand also, that all of these things are happening congruently, but I don't think all of them are happening in like a two and a half minute time span. No, no. But it's it's also at what point do you look back on Christina saying that she used to just swim laps at her parents' pool and Meredith is like, hey, guys, I can hold my breath for 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> let me go in and save this girl. <laughs> um, Where yeah, has this secret been hiding? It's like a, it's, it's fine. We're not being critical guys. We're just no, criticizing. Yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's def- it guys, it's okay. We're not, out. we're not being critical. We're just judging very harshly. It's okay. We're just pointing out things that maybe haven't been pointed out prior to right now. 
it would just be so much watch easier it with a critical eye. It'd be so much easier if this was just a Marvel movie that we could just explain it all the way that it's fake. This is all, Where's this is real armor? life. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's too funny. I love it. Have you seen Wakanda it's, forever yet? No. Oh my God. I want to Oh, so I need bad. to see it. No spoilers. No spoilers. Don't even email us. Neither. Don't know. Don't talk to us. Oh my God. If I haven't seen this by Thursday, I'm going to be mad, which means I have to see it tomorrow. <laughs> I might just, I might just go tomorrow. I mean, I have, no, I have nothing but time now. True, swimming in time. Okay, um, so Burke is in surgery on the pregnant lady, and Alex comes in and says he's found the husband. And Addison's like, "You don't know that, Alex. Like, there were so many people on that boat; more than one of them can be pregnant. Like, it's allowed." Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> they only allow one pregnant person on the boat. Um, and Addison's like, "Just don't like make any promises until you've checked everybody in the morgue." which is a sobering thought. Yes. Um, Burke starts. Oh, and then, so Alex leaves and Addison's like, God, these interns and Burke's like, Ugh, I know. Right. And she's like, yeah, they're really headstrong. And Burke's like, let me rail for three and a half minutes about the shit. These fucking interns have put me through. And Addison's like, are you okay? Like, do you hate the interns? What is wrong? <laughs> I had the <laughs> same exact thought. It's truly he said, such a glossed over moment. Like nothing comes. <laughs> he just like fucking rails on these interns and how they're ruining his life. And then Addison's like, okay. And then that's it. We don't revisit. <laughs> like, yeah, she, she barely even said anything. She's like, oh man, these get these, these kids, they're crazy. And he's like, oh yeah, fucking one of them stole my social security number. One of them <laughs> killed, kicked my dog. He, he whipped out all of these exact, he, this is why he has to be a Scorpio because he didn't forget <laughs> anything. And, uh, I don't know. Easy. If this point, I, if he would have said, yeah, even fucking O'Malley's not even my boy anymore. I would have been like, okay, Burke, let's just take a seat. Let's like, settle down. <laughs> like it's Okay. And yeah, the look on Addison's face was definitely like, <laughs> oh, okay, man. My bad. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. sensitive subject. Um, he's brought out of it because the pregnant lady goes into distress and he's able to refocus his energy to save her. And she and the baby are still okay. Damn it, Preston. Stop being petty. You have to save this baby. Truly. Um, and then uh, Alex is... He finds George sitting in the stairwell. If you don't stop drinking that fucking eggnog, I, I finished it. God. No, this was water. This was water. Okay. In my white uh, socks cup. <laughs> um, so Alex finds George sitting in the stairwell and he's just really upset about not being able to find the kid. And he goes, if I can't find this kid, Bailey's going to change her son's middle name to Elvis or Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> Tupperware. What a good name. Carmen Tupperware Magnolo. Yes. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's Tucker Tupperware. No, his name's not Tucker. Remember his name is like William. 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 That's right. That's right. That's right. That confused me. Uh, I had that. I had that backwards in my head. William Tupperware O'Malley Bailey. Georgetown. Baby. Um, I just thought that was a funny line. Uh, so then Alex is like, oh, I know where there might be a kid. And then they're in the morgue. Like, Jesus Christ. That's like meta level humor, Alex. That's like it's low key funny, but in a super dark way. Like not it's not the moment. Like, just say, hey, come with me and we'll check the morgue. Don't be like, I know where there might be a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some hope. Just kidding. 
Um, yeah. So also, there might be ice cream, but it's flavorless <laughs> because it's just ice to keep these bodies refrigerated. Jesus. That was too, that was too much. I did not care for that one. I know it sounds like I'm laughing, but I'm mortified. Okay. Um, so they go to the morgue and the, they're taking pictures in the morgue, which is very, again, sobering, mor- a morbid thought. Um, so it's just not pleasant. They're looking for everybody. They're talking about the day and, and George is like, how does this not bother you? And Alex is like, I don't know. I'm at work. And George is like, oh, yeah, but like everybody's dead. And he's like, bah, what are you going to do? Okay, Alex, get it together. Just like that. Yep. This was actually a good scene. I enjoyed their dialogue on this because yeah. you have to, I think we've talked about this before when we compared some of the earlier episodes to Scrubs and, and Dr. Cox. And there's, there's uh, even, even with House uh, or New Amsterdam or Royal Pains or insert any any show that that has a medical aspect to it you see this common theme of you have to leave this stuff at at the door this yeah. is your occupation yes like your job is to help save people but the ones who are dead you can't save them don't give them your extra thought um so it is it's a bummer and it is a sobering it's it's kind of haunting to think why they're down there they're down there because they're trying to give living people closure um, but they are, but there's nothing that within their job right now, they're operating totally outside of their job function because they're not saving lives. So, and they're not doing surgery. They're, they're dead. So I don't know. It's really, it was a good scene, but I think, um, Alex is kind of talking a big game here because I don't yeah. think that he truly, you could tell he's not okay, but you could also tell that he's not like, it's not setting him into a downward spiral, but he's yeah, not, he's okay. not letting it drag him down, but he's definitely, yeah, he's not okay. Because I do think like, okay, yeah, there's nothing you can do to save them. But I think that would be even more frustrating. Cause like by the time you get there that you can't even do anything. Everyone's right. already dead. Like it's very, I can't. Yeah. Um, so they find that George opens that one bag and the guy that he's like, this body's upside down. And I'm like, all right guys, I know it's chaotic at the scene, but for crying out loud, you threw somebody upside down in a bag and zipped it up. Like, have some respect. Like, it's just too much. So then he makes Alex come and help him turn the body over. And then he finds a pregnant lady. Um, and Alex has to take the picture because it might be the guy's pregnant lady. Um, uh, Izzy is about to do the burr holes and she's like high level panicked, which is fair. Uh, Richard and Mark are walking her through what she needs to do. <laughs> One of the guys is like, oh my God. And she's like, okay, you just cannot, like, it's not the time. Read the room. Not, no, this is not what we're doing right now. Um, and I like that. I think uh, on an acting scope, Catherine Heigl in this episode crushes it. Like, so good. She does a great job in every aspect. Um. And I, I really uh, am happy about that for her. I want that. I want that for her. This is this is a rare Izzy scene, and I and I say rare gently, because she's a great actress. But this is one of those scenes where you really are you could believe that she's a she's a doctor in this scene, because there's this very good mix of emotion, but also human elements. And I think you build this perception of Izzy as being like fake optimist in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So I like that it was just a very real moment and it was just interesting to see her come back into her own on this one. 
Yeah. And to your point, you know, if she has been out of the game, like she's been on the sideline watching for a long time and for this to be her intro, like back into it is uh, a rude awakening, so to speak. Um, so it's definitely understandable that she would be at this panic. And it's, it seems very genuine to me because she's still trying to, to try, trying to her best to do, like she wants to save people. There's, there's no question that as a doctor, she's right. always wanted to help people. Um, she's not doing it cause she's like, Oh cool. Dead people or like, Oh cool. Surgery. Like she's doing it because she wants to make a difference. Um, but this as her re-entrance back into it is brutal. Um, so, yeah, she successfully does the first burr hole um, uh, and not enough blood comes out or something, I guess. And so they're like, hey, you have to do the second one over here. No, and they were just checking on different spots of the brain. Yes. But that's what I mean. Like the- when the first like because where they have to find like the main source of where the, the swelling is. And so they do the right. first one. But like there's no like clearing of what would be causing the pressure so then they're like okay so you do that one first and then you do this one. Oh, i sorry i misunderstood yeah. what you were saying yeah. sorry i thought you were into you meant like that was the mission was that first burr hole was to find if there was because i originally i i re-watched this scene twice and i originally read it as they need to check for um to see if he's even brain dead and then once they actually get in the second one is done then it looked like they said okay the, the oxygen is getting in there and there's pulsating yeah. and it's normal which by the way can you imagine being on a ferry boat with uh, a car on top of a man and you're just looking at that dude's pulsating brain. Imagine nope. being the friends, like take out your flip phone and take a picture of that shit. The and post it on your MySpace page. Out, the fact that none of them passed out is wildly impressive. unbelievable to me. One of them would have passed out. Like, oh yeah. I, I mean, maybe the only reason I think maybe they wouldn't is pure adrenaline. Like right. I do think maybe that, but like there's no way none of them would have passed out. Like seriously. My my little brother gets uh, woozy uh, when he gets like a paper cut and sees blood. I can't even imagine because adult there are adults out there that have a really hard time with blood and how none of them were in this scene. It, it makes no sense. One of them should have fainted and hit their head on a car. And then it's like <laughs> it's just like one hand over here and like trying yeah. to stitch up this guy over here. That would have been hyper realistic, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she's success. So she does the second burr hole, and there's, they're like, okay, you need to make it bigger because this is like where the problem area is. Um, so she's able to do that, and then it's really gross because, um, she's like, they're like, okay, clear the area, and she's like, how? And they're like, just stick your hand in there. So she's like scooping out blood clots and just throwing them on the ground. It's gross. Again, someone would pass out. Um. And, but ultimately the procedure is successful. She's like packing it with gauze. He starts to wake up and, uh, we're all happy, happy beans. So all the, all the nice gentlemen who have helped her are, are thrilled that she has been successful in her endeavor. And the man is, the man is well-ish. His eyes are open. He's not seizing. Um, he's gotta be in so much pain though. Right? Because you they they put a ton of painkillers and you're not under when they do these brain surgeries but you are numbed you are not feeling that sort of you're numbed yes uh can you imagine just waking up and that dude's like well i got gauze in my brain yeah and also holes and literal holes drilled through my bones Ugh! can you imagine oh i got an itch oops uh, and i'm brain dead <laughs> gross 
Um, okay, so this the little girl is staring and being creepy, and another first responder comes up and is like, "Hey, can you like what's wrong with you? Come with me." And he's like, you need to come with me. And then it cuts over and Derek is coming out of the water with Meredith and she is hella blue. Like, yeah. Whoo, Lordy, she is hella blue. Straight up frost giant from Thor. Also, um, the ice guy from Year Without a Santa Claus. And also the blue meanie from Yellow Submarine. Yes, and many other things that we could continue to say. <laughs> Lots yeah, insert she's, blue she's things. She's frozen. She's frozen. Um, Derek is in the ambulance doing aggressive CPR on Meredith. And fun fact I read about this episode. They filmed a scene. I don't know if it was this one or a later scene. Um, and they were doing CPR on her. And then after they stopped filming, she was like, hey, so this like hurts. Can we? Is there something we can do about that? And so they had to get her a chest plate that she could wear on all the scenes where they were doing compressions. Cause it was like really hurting her. And also she was like, it was making, making her heart like palpate. Like she was like, this is affecting my heart. Like, can we do something else? So they had to get her a chest plate to wear during those scenes. Cause they really are, they really are doing chest compressions on her. They should have just got a body she's alive. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a fun fact. Uh, okay. So George checks in with Bailey and he's like, I still can't find the kid. And Bailey's like, Oh cool. So when she wakes up, I get to tell her that she didn't die, but she is going to want to die because we don't know where her son is. Cause he's probably dead. George is like, yeah, okay. I'll keep looking. And Bailey's like, yeah, you do that. Yeah. Savage, savage yeah. Bailey. That's a, I mean, it's a great scene though, because the reality is like, yeah, she's going to wake up and go, Oh, I can't wait to tell Chris that I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, we, um, yeah, so we don't know where he is. Yeah. That bitch is dead. <laughs> That's a bummer. Um, so yeah, uh, Bailey is not, not here for it right now. She's also not- just quick, quick pause. Cause I wanted to say it's about the, the last point that you made. I, at this point didn't realize that Meredith was still alive when he was doing the CPR because she had been underwater for 45 minutes. <laughs> I assume that she was dead. So to me, the note, I actually wrote the note that the CPR seems pointless. Obviously they get her to the hospital and we see that she is alive, just hypothermic, like extremely. Yeah. Uh, but at this point in the episode, I was like, this just seems pointless. I didn't understand it. So just wanted to, just want to let you all know that. Yeah, uh, it does. And it, it kind of makes you wonder like if it wasn't Meredith, would they be working this hard? Like if they just pulled someone out of the water, who was that blue, would they have tried to work or would they have just assumed that person was dead? I don't know. Not to say that's right or fair, but just a point to make. Um, so uh, Izzy gets to the hospital with her patient and the chief is like, you can scrub in again. You're not on probation anymore, which is a great victory moment for her. Um, she sees Christina and she tries to tell her what happened in the field. And Christina does not care yet again, just obsessing about finding Meredith, um, which does seem not really Christina because I do think if Izzy was like, I just drilled holes in someone's head, Christina would be more upset. And she really just like cannot let go of the finding Meredith thing um, to me, which is just like, uh, it's just a little too far. Like, I think she would be pulled out of the Meredith obsession for a brief moment to focus on the medicine of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. It's even um, 
What was what was in the last episode when it was like right when uh, Alex brought in Jane Doe. And uh, she's like, there are pylons on people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. And then she was, then she was like, kind of like in that point, she's like, oh, but what, like, where's, where's Meredith? Oh, okay. Yeah. Pylons of people. That's fucking cool. I'm jealous. But yeah. And then the Izzy thing comes back and what does she say? She says, you're a hero. I'm jealous. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and Izzy's like, I'm a rock star. Um, she has her rock star moment. Uh, Alex starts putting up pictures of the people in the morgue. And this is a very sad scene. Everyone's seeing people and crying and I hate it. Um, Sloan lets Izzy finish the, the burr holes on the patient, which is really a cool moment for a good teaching moment for him. Honestly, again, to your point, good episode for Mark. He is coming in. I think the uh, whole wanting to be chief is, you know, maybe it's a selfish motivation, but regardless, it's motivating him to be better as a surgeon and a teacher. So he gives Izzy this opportunity to finish what she started and really, uh, really finish saving this guy in the appropriate setting, not smushed under a car, which is nice. Uh, Sydney and Alex are in the clinic with all the families of the people waiting and Alex has to go. And he's like, he's really trying hard. He wants so badly for the Jane Doe to be this guy's wife. And he's trying, he's like, look, her hair, it's like brown reddish. And the guy's like, oh, my wife's hair is more like brown blonde. And, and Alex's like, maybe it's the blood. Maybe it's the blood. She has like really distinctive eyes. And he's like, oh, my wife has distinctive eyes. And Alex is like, yeah, 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 they're brown, but not like super dark. They're like golden brown. And the guy's like, no, my wife's eyes are blue. And Alex is like, son of a bitch. So then he has to show her or show the, the guy the picture of the pregnant woman in the morgue. And that's his wife, and it is very, very sad. So sad. And it also, it's I'm, it's foreshadowing because obviously Addison was right, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, can you imagine seven months yeah, and she dies? And also, like, that's your wife and your kid now. Like, that's just, I can't. I don't like it. I don't want to think about it. It's very sad. It's a very sad episode. Um, uh, Dr. Bailey meets Derek at the ambulance and he is still working on Meredith. And the guy is like, uh, Jane Doe from the scene. Derek's like, it's not Jane Doe, it's Meredith. And Bailey's like, what the fuck is happening? Um, so they pull. I was confused about that. Yeah. Why? You, you think in that whole <laughs> hospital ride, they're just like, so this is a doctor. Do you know her? Yeah. Yes. Obviously. Like, She's in saying, scrubs. Yeah, I don't think the... Pa- I, I think it's reasonable that the paramedic might not know her, especially because it could be a paramedic responding to the scene who, like, doesn't necessarily go to that hospital all the time, whatever. Like, I don't expect every paramedic to know Meredith. But, like, the fact that, like, Derek is, like, with her and, like, working on her, you don't think at any point he could have... Would have been like, oh, do you know this person? Did you find... Was she on the... Was she on the ferry? What happened? Like how did you know she was in the water? Like there was no question. Like it's, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I didn't understand that. Cause it, it just, it makes you assume that they didn't say a single word to each other in the entire ambulance ride. Yeah. The whole way. Yeah. This is the woman I'm in love with. <laughs> like you can't mention that. And um, a girl who fell from a well watched a guy trying to get to work in a meeting push my girlfriend into the bay and she's been underwater for 45 minutes. 
like, and because I'm also like, you don't think he would have been saying like, this is her medical history. This is her blood type. These are this. And this is how tall she is. And this is how old she is. Like, uh, yeah, right. it's weird. Right. Cause he knows that information. So yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, anyways, so, uh, unless unless they did exchange that information and the guy's like, ooh, how can I really piss this guy off? <laughs> we got a Jane Doe here. Her name is Meredith. I told you six times. <laughs> also, like, you don't think anywhere in the ambulance he would have been, like, talking to her and been like, come on, Meredith, like, don't die. Right, I love exactly. You. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, yeah, it's question. It's Don't you that. disappear, Meredith. Yeah, they do say disappear a lot this episode. Um, okay, so they take her to trauma, the trauma room. Dr. Burke goes to talk to Christina in the ER, and she's like, how was your surgery, Dr. Burke? And he's like, it was fine. Thank you for asking. Um, and then they go to talk in the side room. Well, first, she, the guy pretends that he's hurt, and she's like, you're numbed. And he's like, well, that it was funny. like it was mean. <laughs> um, so they go to the side room to talk, and he's like, do you like, what's your problem? And she's like, I just need to tell Meredith. And he's like, why do you need like, what if just, do you need her approval? And he's like, no, I just like need to tell her. And again, big fan of Christina, big fan of Burke, not a big fan of Burke in this moment. Burke knows that they have a relationship that is like, unlike a normal person relationship. And I understand if maybe he doesn't understand the dynamics of their relationship, but I feel like at this point he understands their relationship. Well, she's sitting there like, and she's like, she's my it. person. She's my yes. person. We can eat Burke. You're not a moron. You're a, you're an educated man. You got to <laughs> understand that there's a lot of emotions in that. Just back the fuck off. And yeah. sure, Christina uses a weird metaphor of, you know, if you kill someone and you got to move the body, like, okay, whatever. Um, obviously, she didn't pick her words right, but she's telling you over and over, she's my person. Just fucking shut up, Burke. Yeah, it's just like not about him in this moment. No, exactly. But he's making it up. Like, yes, he's involved, but it's not about their relationship is not about him. But like what telling Meredith means to Christina is a big deal. And like he can't understand that. So he's angry about it and i don't think that's fair it's frustrating to watch and like yes she's not doing a good job articulating it but again he knows her and he knows her relationship with meredith enough that she shouldn't have to articulate it to this amount yes agreed like she's not saying oh if meredith isn't happy i'm gonna break up with you she just like wants to tell meredith like it's just let her do it um so i was frustrated with burke in that moment um it's just like he doesn't under all of a sudden he doesn't understand that their relationship is significant. I just like, it's because he's a little last bit episode. He was talking to Derek about how they, the women, the, the two of them are weird. You're confiding in me. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Yeah. It just, it was just, uh, I was just annoyed that he was so butthurt about his whatever that he couldn't just sit there and all of his emotional intelligence just threw out the fucking window. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, it's not like you're swimming in friends and you're bur bursting at the seams to tell everybody. Like you told the <laughs> yeah. one person you're friends with. <laughs> yeah. You blew your load already, Burke. <laughs> Honestly, like it's fine. Give her a minute. Uh, so then, uh, so yeah, Christina's still upset that she can't find Meredith. Um, Izzy is helping in the ER and her pager goes, no, no, she's in that surgery still. 
Um, and her pager goes off and they're, and she's like, Oh, I'll take it later. And they're like, you're going to want to take this now. That made me think, I don't actually know how pagers work. Are they sending messages or is it just a number? So I think it depends because sometimes on the, cause like they'll look at their pagers and be like, Oh, it's this patient. Nine one one, like nine one one on Carmen. And I'm like, so I think maybe you can send like limited messages. Like you could just send, like if you were paging me and you were calling me from like a number that wasn't your number, you could just say Carmen and then the number to call you back maybe. So I don't really know. If you, I never had a pager. I've never even seen a pager. I don't think I remember my parents having pagers. Like I explicitly remember my parents having pagers, but I don't like remember what they did. Does your dad not have a pager now? No, but he's not a doctor. He just okay. is, works at a hospital. Okay. With doctors. <laughs> Who have pagers? I don't know. They probably just get texts on their phone now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, they use anyways. Slack. They use a Teams chat. They <laughs> use Zoom. <laughs> Zoom for business. They use Skype. <laughs> for business um yeah it's good times uh yeah so i don't know how pagers work but yes izzy gets paged and they're like yeah you're gonna need to take this page um alex is checking on the jane doe and is like yeah no one's here for her you were right and then to addison and then he's like i'd notice if you went missing just so you know uh, yeah I'd notice dad ass. <laughs> and then he gets the, the page and he goes away. Um, this is, and then we have a small moment of victory where George um, is sitting there freaking out and he looks at the OR board and realizes that Callie is operating on a seven year old boy. And so he goes in and he's like, is this the kid like shows the picture and she's like, um, yeah, that's him and insults his ears. And she doesn't says, insult as she said, I'd recognize those goofy ears anywhere. How is that not an insult? It's endearing. She doesn't know him. It would have been an insult if she was like, oh, yeah, that's the kid with the fucking elephant ears. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. That's he's on my subtext operating table. of goofy ears. If I was oh like, oh, my yeah, gosh, you know Carmen, like that tall guy with the real goofy ears like uh, that is not a compliment. <laughs> but it's not. I mean, okay, whatever. It's not, it doesn't, it's the spirit of which she said it. I didn't think she was being mean. No, I don't think she's intending to be mean. I was just like, that's unkind. Um, this child could be dying and you're insulting his ears. <laughs> Pick up time. Um, anyway, so they figure it out that it's him. So that's like a small moment of victory for George before the world implodes. Cause then he also gets the page. Uh, and he puts his foot in his mouth on the way out the door like a duck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Callie O'Malley, I'm going to fuck you tonight. That is what he, he said leaves. verbatim. Yeah. And in that like, exact George, same time. I'm at work. Can you just not do that? She's, um, and then he says, invite them all to the orgy. Okay. They can watch. So, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> um, so weird. Uh, Callie. So George gets paged in the hall. Uh, then the little girl finally gets reunited with her mom and smiles and is no longer looking creepy for the first time. She's no longer a ghost spirit demon ghost. <laughs> she is. She's just with her mommy ghost. Um, <laughs> 
Derek is still trying to work on Meredith and Bailey and the chief are like, okay, you just like, you have to stop because we need to do this and you can't do it because it's Meredith and you're in love with her and you're going to do a bad job because you're freaking out. So can you please just leave so we can do it? So that makes way more sense than what my initial thought was. My initial thought was you're a neurosurgeon. You don't know this shit. Like get the fuck out of here. I think it was more like, you're not going to be emotionally compromised. (laughs) You should not be working on the love of your life. That makes Um, more sense than what I thought. (laughs) Like, Stick to those brains, Derek. (laughs) Glad I could clear that up for you. Um, And then Burke walks in and goes, oh, nope, it's not her heart. I have no (laughs) idea what I'm doing. You need to call Uh, one of those general surgeons who know everything else. Yes. Yeah. Burke comes up and he's like, what's like, what's going on? And Derek's like, they're working on her. And Burke's like, okay, well, what do you need from me? And he's like, I need you to go in there. Um, Because, you know, Burke, again, we know Burke is very good and Derek is confident in his abilities and he's like, she needs the best. And that's, that's what Burke is. So he's like, I just, I think Derek just needs to know that everyone is working on her to the best of their ability. So he sends Burke in to work on her. And, um, Derek is crying. She's crashing. They shock her. Addison comes in and is like, holy shit. Um, starts making suggestions. Mark comes, sits by Derek, uh, doesn't say anything, just sits down next to him and then just kind of holds his arm. What a moment. What a moment. Yeah. So, uh, for a mo a short scene with no words, and it says so much. Um, and I love that. Good guy, I Mark. Love, I love this episode for Mark. Um not a great episode for Derek. Not that he's being a dick, just like um some terrible things are happening to him. Mainly Meredith yeah. is dying. The um, the thing that actually maybe it was just the cinematography of this episode, but the last thing you see before the person who walks up to Derek is Addison's face. Yes. And I'm like, oh, Addison's going to go comfort Derek and like a really bury the hatchet and be like, listen, I know this person that you love is dying, but like, I got you. And then you see the hand. It's a fellow Caucasian person, but it's a it's a man not a woman and it's Mark. And it really brought me a lot of joy to see him. And like Derek doesn't push him off or like nothing. He just accepts it. I accept it. Yeah. He's like, I need this, this support in this moment. Yeah. Really good scene. Yeah. Um, the doctors are all working on Meredith. The interns are waiting outside. Christina comes up and like, cannot process, like cannot process what is happening. She says, is it Meredith? And they say, yeah. And Christina's like, oh, oh. And says, oh, like four times. Now, Izzy's speech. This is important. Um, so Izzy says she will come through this. And George says, you don't know that. And Izzy says she will come through this. And George says people die. Now I have this pulled up because this speech is important and I want to get it right. Um, because I think. Is again, Catherine Heigl delivers this speech impeccably. Izzy, I have issues with because she takes this like very crucial moment in all of their lives and makes it about her, which is a bit she like puts I don't love as <laughs> much as she can into this monologue uh, yes. from an Izzy Stevens standpoint. But yes, go ahead, take it away. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, okay, I know people die, which I like. She's like, I know people die. Because obviously George, her fiance, just died. Like, you don't have to fucking tell her that people die. She knows people die. So I'm just going to read it because this is important. And we'll go through it as we go through it. People die in front of us every day. But Meredith will survive this, I believe. Okay. 
going to stop because again, at the beginning of last episode, when Meredith's talking about disappearing, um, Izzy says, I don't know what I believe anymore. And we said we had no fucking clue what she was talking about. And I still don't know where that came from originally, but very clearly that was meant to set this speech up. Because now, now she, she believes. What, now she's she's back in medicine and now she knows what she believes again. And we're about to get the laundry list of what she believes. I believe in the good. I, I believe. believe. <laughs> I believe that it's been a hell of a year and I believe that in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary, we will all be okay. I believe a lot of things. Didn't know what they were this morning, but now I know all of them. I believe that. I believe that Denny is always with me, and I believe that if I eat a tub of butter and no one sees me, then the calories don't count. But still gross. And I believe that surgeons who prefer staples over stitches are just lazy. Relevant and acceptable. This is where I take issue. Turns to George and says, I believe that you are a man who made a terrible mistake marrying Callie. And I believe because that I am your best friend, I can tell you this and we can be okay. I believe that even though you made this mistake, you will be okay. I believe we survive, George. I believe that believing we survive is what makes us survive. Okay. Why is this the moment that we need to tell George that his marriage is a mistake? I Exactly. I hate it. Again, she deli- this speech is very well written and she delivers it beautifully. The acting is impeccable. Full support. The content, why? Why when your friend could potentially be dying not 10 feet from you, do you need to tell your other friend that his marriage was a mistake? It's just weird. It's just it- weird. I mean, the coming out of left field, other than her being a bitch when they came back and announced that they were married, like, where is this coming from? It does also, not compute. To say a terrible mistake. Like, yes. It's not like they spent 10 years together and have four kids and they abuse each other. Like, they <laughs> just got married. Also, they, like, they, they just got married. It's done. If he comes to you and he's like, hey, I'm thinking I might propose to Callie. What do you think? And you say, excuse me. And you say, podcast. I I think that would be a mistake. And then you have like an open dialogue about valid reasons that you think the relationship isn't like sustainable. That's fine. This man is not asking for your opinion on his marriage. This man is standing again, very close to his friend who could potentially be dying. Someone who like five minutes ago he was in love with. And it just like, I don't understand the choice to do this right now other than like, Oh, I'm high on adrenaline and like, Oh, I guess people die. So I got to say all my thoughts I've ever had right now in this moment. Even if it's taking a shit on your best friend, quote unquote, yeah, I don't get it. I really don't. So I I have I have a lot of thoughts with this as well. And I and I thank you for uh reading that entire can you actually can you actually read it one more time? Can you read the whole thing from start to end one more time, uninterrupted? Yes, I'm not gonna add ad lib my own feelings okay, this time. Okay. I'm just gonna read it. Yeah. I know people die. People die in front of us every day, but Meredith will survive this. I believe in the good. I believe that it's been a hell of a year, and I believe that in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary, we'll all be okay. I believe a lot of things. I believe that Denny is always with me, and I believe that I've 
if I eat a tub of butter and no one sees me, then the calories don't count. And I believe that surgeons who prefer staples over stitches are just lazy. And I believe that you are a man who made a terrible mistake marrying Callie. And I believe that because I am your best friend, I can tell you this and we can be okay. I believe that even though you made this mistake, you will be okay. I believe we survive, George. I believe that believing we survive is what makes us survive. So my, the last thing I'm going to say about this, my biggest beef with that. In the same sentence, she says, I believe in the good and you made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Where's the difference? Like, believe in the good. Believe that Callie and George love each other. I'm not yeah. saying that I think that they're going to last forever. I'm also not saying that I think that they are a good couple. I'm also not going to sit here and say that Izzy and Denny were a good couple. They knew each other for four days. <laughs> but don't say you believe in the good and then shit on George. I, I, we get to shit on George because we're critical, judgmental assholes who are doing a right. podcast. Yours supposedly right. is best friend. Don't shit on him as Meredith is dying. <laughs> I yeah, don't. There's just like a time and a place. And this is not either of them. Ain't like, it. In no way is this the time or the place. Like it simply no. could not be further from the time and place. And like, it would it's be also different. really weird because it's like a super optimistic speech. And then it just right. takes this like heinous turn into be like, also every choice you've made is garbage. <laughs> what? Also imagine George. He's like, wait, wait, this is, how is this about me? What did <laughs> I do? What the fuck? Like, wait, are you talking to me? Uh, I'm, I made a terrible choice. <laughs> I just saved man. <laughs> you cut his elvan wire like i can't it's so bad oh, it's, it's so like a roller coaster of emotions watching it and again it's frustrating because she delivers it so well but i'm like yeah. why are we doing this also can outside of the speech thing if you watched this show live I need to know, did you genuinely think that Meredith was here to die? Because I feel like, because I know, she's the only person for sure that I know that is in season 19. I don't even know if Christina is in season 19. I don't know. I've, I'm living spoiler free right now, okay? So I know she's untouchable. But did you think, was this one of the ones that you were watching live, Kelki? No, okay. But I, and I almost said this last week, and then I was like, no, because it was kind of a spoiler. When they were promoing this episode, they said someone's gonna die. And I did not watch this yet. But I was like, I remember everyone at school was talking about it, and they were like, oh my God, someone dies. They said someone's gonna die in this episode. And I would I kept being like, oh my God, you guys, Meredith Gray is gonna die because I was the only person I knew from the series. And they were like, Kelsey Meredith can't die. She's the main, the main character. And I was like, ha ha. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. It's like a joke. Cause like, obviously they're not going to have the main person die. And then like know. the next day they were like, yeah, Meredith drowned. And I was like, no, <laughs> that can't be right. You guys didn't watch it. Right. Um, but no, I was not watching it live, but I remember like the, this being like the thing that people went to school and talked about the next day. Yeah. But then not long that. after that, I started watching this. So, so I have Meredith has has plot armor and just show armor yes. on because she she doesn't die. But as far as I'm concerned, anyone else on this show could just get hit by a fucking dumpster at any point falling <laughs> from a building or a piano as they cross the street. I don't need I don't know. Derek Bailey. Christina, Alex, George, I have no idea. 
I have not a single clue who is in season 19 still. So anyways, good. I'm glad. I don't know how I've lasted this long. I don't know, but I'm happy about it, man. Anyways, after that speech, Izzy hugs Christina and it's weird because they don't hug. Yeah. And Um, George is still sitting there going like, wait guys, did you just, did anyone else hear that she just shat on me? Like, wait, What's How come happening? Christina gets a hug and I get told that I made a terrible fucking choice marrying the love of my life? Yeah, it's a time. And okay, to be so fair, we're not saying that we like Callie and George as a married yeah. couple. We're really just, it's not the time for Izzy to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfair. It's just unfair and opportunistic and she's yeah. just mean. It's wild. Um, so the doctors are still working on Meredith, not having a lot of luck. Um, and then she flatlines, uh, and then it cuts to her waking up clearly in some kind of like alternate reality dream sequence situation. She's coughing. She sits up, she sees Dylan, the bomb guy. And she's like, Oh my God, am I dead? And then, and then Denny goes, yes. And then she says, Holy. And it cuts out. So remember when I, when I predicted that bomb guy would never come back. Yeah. (laughs) He's back. <laughs> so is Denny. So is fucking Denny. What I All do right. like is in this episode, um, they typically bill the guest stars at the front, like after the title card, but they didn't bill Denny and Dylan until the end credits to keep it a surprise, which is nice. Good. Um. All right. Let's. That's it. The episode's that's over. It. Let's rate this shit. <laughs> let's. Um, also, just to reiterate, um, there was no living in Chondaland because it was the same as last week. Yeah. And I'm not going to arbitrarily give you guys the jingle. You haven't earned it. Yeah. Well, so no, you guys have earned it, but Shonda hasn't I ha- done it. I them. haven't yeah. earned it. You, yes, you haven't earned it. You've done no additional research. It's a personal research. attack to me. I believe <laughs> that. <laughs> you are garbage. You deserve you. nothing. Please rate the episode. But I also believe in the good. Um, all right. You want me to go first or do you want to go first? You go first. All right. I am giving this episode a, on a scale of one to five, being med student, intern, resident, fellow, attending, one through five. I am giving this a resident point seven five, a 3.75. Ooh, we're close again. We're close again. What did you get? What are you giving this one? Um, resident point five. Yeah. Like it's a little higher than just like your average episode. Cause like, obviously like it's setting up, like it's setting up a lot again to your point. It would be more dramatic if you thought Meredith gray was going to die. You don't think that because she's the main character. Right. Um, I, if there a was a gunshot for... through her brain, I would be <laughs> concerned. Yeah. Uh, you just, yeah, it's one of those, it's a good episode. Like the performances are great. Um, specifically Izzy is a standout performance. Uh, Derek, I think also does a good job in this episode. Um, Burke and Christina were kind of irking me. Uh, Alex is there. He does, he like the character has good things, but you know, it's just like, it's for the three episode arc. It's like in the middle, right? It's like wrapping up things from last episode and like getting ready for what's about to happen in the next episode. So it's like more than a filler, but it's not like the climax yet. 
Yeah. Yeah, I uh I agree. I'm I'm definitely of the mentality that um they're setting up something to be maybe big, maybe. Um not know knowing that this is a three part episode, I, I'm not sure what else could happen. Uh I can't think of they're not gonna spend the next whole episode just working on Meredith. She's probably going to come to fairly early, like before the first half of the episode is what I'm guessing. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's just fine. It's just fine. While but we're predicting things, do you want to predict what's going to happen to George and Izzy's friendship? <laughs> well, I believe they're going to survive this. Um, believe that they're going to throw down and fuck? I sure hope so. <laughs> uh no at this point at this point Izzy uh she's ruined her chances I don't I I don't I don't want to see them bang um, wow I know You're giving up on it I'm giving up on it uh I don't think that this is the thing that George downwards spiral spirals on and he's like oh my gosh Izzy hates Callie so much that while Meredith was dying she told me I made a terrible mistake so I should divorce her yeah. uh that's not gonna happen. So, I mean, I think they'll maybe have an episode where he's not going to give her the silent treatment, but he's for sure going to be pissed at her. I think it'll be a talk. Maybe it'll be a big dramatic falling out. Maybe they'll have their own version of the, you don't get to call me a whore in the middle Mm. of uh, the staircase. Mm. And uh, George will say something like, you don't get to call, you don't get to, to judge my relationship. Like you don't get to do that anymore. Like you don't, you've lost that right. Yeah. Uh, Derek and Mark, this is their turning point to becoming friends again, mm-hmm. is my official prediction on that. And I think that's all the predictions I have. I think, uh, obviously, Meredith lives, so Christina's going to tell Meredith as soon as they she physically can. And that's, yeah, that's all I got, I think. Unless there's other specific predictions that you want me to talk about. Um, no, I think right now that's that's pretty much the the most important ones. Um, so yeah, the, we will be back with the next episode. Uh, very excited for, for that. Um, and what do you want? Do you I don't want, know what you're doing. Just, you just <laughs> want to tell them the, the surprise. Yeah. yeah All right. We're gonna go, ahead, surprise, go ahead. Guys. Okay. So this episode is dropping on Thursday, November 17th. And we have been able to arrange schedule wise that we are going to record the next episode immediately and release it on Friday. So it will be out this Friday, the 18th. Um, So we will have back to back release days. So yay, little extra happy, happy Thanksgiving gift. Um, And then we should still be releasing an episode on Thanksgiving. I don't think we were planning on skipping next week. So we will still be um, back to our regular scheduling after. But we just thought since it's uh, a three part episode, um, we are going to go ahead and, and do these next two parts together for you guys. So, yay, you don't have to wait a whole week. You only have to wait 24 hours from now or less, maybe, yes. depending on when you're listening. Who knows? Yes. So, yay, surprise. Happy Thursday. Um, we were going back and forth. We were texting a little bit during this episode. We're like, should we do it? Should we not? Should we Should we not tell them? And then you were <laughs> you were like, we'll see you for a different episode. And I'm like, yes, ah, let's just fucking do it. Let it rip. Yeah. Let's just, Yeah. <laughs> We were thinking about just posting it as a surprise, but then you might not see it until the next time you open your podcast app, which could be eons from now. Who knows? So now you know to open it tomorrow and come back for the new episode. 
Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this one. We hope you enjoy the next one. Um, going to be good times. Uh, do we have more things to say? Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Grey's Academy Pod. You can also email us at Pod at gmail.com. You can follow us individually. I am at Chaotically Kelsey and Carmen is Carmen.Gabriel.Official. And um, feel free to reach out to us. We love chit-chatting with you guys. We love hearing from you. Uh, and uh, remember, if you do reach out to Carmen, though, no spoilies. Don't think about it. Don't do it. And uh, we will have some more exciting news about some of our upcoming Patreon content in the next episode. Uh, Kelki, don't forget to remind me what that new uh, hot, stanky content is. Uh, if you haven't, uh, definitely make sure to sign up on our Patreon. The link is in uh, the, the section below. And thank you all. We will see you all in the next one.